welcome to an extremely special, amazing episode. I'm saying that it's amazing up front. I know it's already amazing and it hasn't happened yet because we have with us today, joining the Friday Night Movie family, Talia Osteen. And you may know that we think Talia Osteen is awesome because a few weeks ago, we were talking about both her fantastic film, Sex Appeal, which is on Hulu, which everybody should be checking out. This is a, a terrific movie. Um, and as folks know, we've been really focusing a lot in the last couple of years on the way Jewish stories are represented in film. And her short film, Shabbos Goy, is absolutely hilarious and just a perfect representation of Jewish life in so many ways. And we are so thrilled that she's willing to spend a little time with us today. And we're going to get to know her a little bit and ask her about all her work. Talia Osteen, welcome to the Friday Night Movie Podcast. Thank you so much. That is such a flattering intro. <laughs> I feel like if I ever need a, a little pick-me-up, I'm going to call you and be like, can you just do that <laughs> intro that you did again? For me? Well, uh, I was doing my good research and following your Instagram today, and you posted something that I really identified with. You posted something today uh, where you asked people if they were optimists or pessimists. I didn't know that you yourself was an optimist at the time, but I, mm. I bravely clicked optimist. Me and, too. And uh, nice. I try to be relentlessly optimistic. Let's start there. Optimism. Yeah. What makes you an optimist? You know, I I feel really lucky that I I think I was just born that way. And I was born into like a, a wonderful, warm family that um that just uh always made me feel very supported. And so I um yeah, I think, you know, I believe in the power of, of thought and, um, and energy and like setting your intentions. And so I think if you, it, you know, it's been harder in the last uh, couple of years with the pandemic and had some personal losses and, and all that. So it's not to say that I'm always like, you know, all super positive all the time, but uh, my baseline is, is pretty hopeful. Um, and I think that actually comes out in in uh in all the stuff that i work on that 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 I, you, can, you can really feel it in your work and and i love that you said that your optimism in some ways is rooted in your family because i would say if my sisters and i have one person in our life that is the picture of optimism it's our mom <laughs> cuban refugee when she was seven years old all mom has had so many strange medical things happen in her life <laughs> strange thing loses her iphone charger everywhere she goes but all <laughs> her does it in the computer <laughs> leaves an entire computer on an airplane just yeah. walks oh my off God. the airplane so many times literally same and that was when i was like i think i have add and maybe should go <laughs> see somebody about this <laughs> but she'll she'll get it that, back like she'll she'll like be like glasses half full i'll get that I know, computer I know. back and funny that you I mentioned know. It's funny that you mentioned ADHD. I just, after many years on this planet, went and got a, like a full neurological workup to see if I have it. And uh -huh. the conclusion was either he has ADHD or he's just really tired. Mm. <laughs> that was <laughs> like, presents much the same way. <laughs> um, well, so he was, did fall was... asleep during the test. So I did fall that asleep tells you something. I was the first person they'd seen not off during the test. So Speaking of mothers, you are a mom. And yes. one thing I am so grateful to my mother for 
is I feel like if there's anything, if, if, if there's anything Menchie I've ever done in my life, it's because my mom is like the basis of that. So mm-hmm. you're the mom of a son yeah. uh, as well, who's in your movie, which is so yeah. cool. <laughs> He'll kill me for us- one day, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> we love our mom on this show. We love moms. Two of our hosts are moms. Tell us a little bit about mom life. You have this creative incredible life doing all of these different things and you're raising a son in this world what's like your recipe how how are you going to go about raising your mensch well i um you know i learned a lot from my parents my i i'm very close with my mom and um she uh it's funny because in the movie in sex appeal the moms are like very very open about um sex with their daughter and have open communication and people are like people don't people aren't like that it's like but it's not true. My mom was actually very open with me, not, not, at, you know, not to the extent in the movie, but, um, but we had such open communication and I knew I could trust her. And I was a goody two shoe who like never broke any rules. And like, you know, she, she would have known if I was having sex, cause I would have gone and asked her to help me get on the pill. You know, it was that kind of an open communication. And, um, and so, uh, I want, you know, I want, my son to feel safe coming to me with anything. And, um, so, you know, it's funny because I, um, the other day I was, most of our arguments are around screen time. And so (laughs) when I turned off the video, he was very upset and, um, and he, uh, he had a little bit of a tantrum and then he, he looked at me and he was like, do you not love me anymore? And I was like, Elliot, I will always love you. I don't love the way you're behaving, but nothing you could do would make me stop loving you. And, um, and so later we got again over video. He he was like, this is the most boring day. I don't want to be around you, but I still love you. And then I closed the door. So there you are, you're modeling. That's, that's how you know you're doing like, something right. You Perfect. That's right. You're upset with the thing that I did, but you still love me and I still love you. And that's always going to be solid. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, it's, it's being a boy mom too, is like a whole, whole other thing. I, I had two younger brothers growing up, so I, I'm used to the boy energy, but, uh, but yeah, he's nonstop. It's that, nonstop. It's Lily has non- Lily has two nonstop Stop. boys. Yeah, yeah. Non-stop. The five year old is very nonstop. It's wild. But yeah, anyway. it was. There's no moment of like, oh, well, maybe I'll sit down and read. Now he's into Legos, which helps. <laughs> but yeah, it was just like the first few years of his life were just constantly following him around to like prevent him from running into a street or like, you know, breaking his arm or like he just had no. He has no sense of of. My friend, my friend said it best when it was like 11 o'clock at night and he was still going so strong. And my friend was like, it's like someone put a quarter in him. (laughs) And that's like, that describes it perfectly. (laughs) It's like someone just added money to the machine. I've also seen, Lily, I've I've seen your kid run at full speed into a wall. Bounce back. (laughs) And and the water water before he knew how to swim. Lily's kid is... Yeah. Gives us a lot of anxiety. <laughs> Jumped right into the pool, didn't know how to swim, fully so, clothed. So like, we're going to dig stop. into sex appeal in a moment. Um, but I want to take one more detour before I hand it over to Lily to kick that part off. You're a musician. Uh, we love musicians. We talk a lot about on our show about music and movies. You're in The Wellspring. People should check out The Wellspring. 
By the way, El Narafanala like gets in my heart. That Aww. that song that you beautiful is really beautiful. Um, what's your favorite? This is like a quick one. What's your favorite music moment in a movie ever? Do you have one? Like for me, it's always in that thing you do when they hear their song on the radio for the first time uh, and yeah. run around. Like mm-hmm. that will forever be my favorite oh, moment fun. of the screen and music ever. Do you have one that comes to your mind being a musician who's also a filmmaker? I mean, for me, it was like, I have my, my like guilty pleasure that I grew up watching over and over again. And then like making my brother lift me up from, uh, is, is the sequences in dirty dancing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like absolutely. 100%. I practice on a bench pretending I was walking across that log and then I'd have him like, he's younger than me and he would just kneel and like try his best to lift me up to do that lift <laughs> at the end <laughs> that Patrick Swayze does with her. So um that that's like a, a favorite that's awesome we know I mean, it's a we know no one moment. is qualified for that in our family uh, well your film sex appeal is on hulu right now and another one of our favorite you 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 circle you like in the venn diagram of almost every one of our favorite topics because very <laughs> early on we talked about teen movies and teen sex comedies and all i speak for all of us when i say we feel like this is such a great one for this for this time and that you represent sex in such an interesting way the conversations between the moms and uh avery are so i think they're such great examples um uh so we really want to get in and learn more about the the film and again reminding people it's on hulu everyone should watch it lily take it away so we've talked so much. This is, I think this is my, one of my, this is probably my favorite genre of movies. I have seen them all, like all the ones that even no one watches on all the streaming services. I adore the genre so much, but it's extremely difficult to do. I don't, I yeah. think that the, the really great ones set the bar very high. Mm-hmm. And part of the issue is that I have now maybe as a parent, like when I want to show this stuff to my kids, and I know Shai is dealing with that more with an eight and 10 year old is that some moments and a lot of our favorite ones don't hold up for 2021. They really so, don't. <laughs> yeah. So, so we basically, you know, there's like, so yeah, I do, there's many examples. Um, so what attracted you to this story? What appealed pun intended oh, well done. about this story? Mm-hmm. And how did you feel about tackling the genre in 2021? I mean, now it's 2022, but you took this on, I assume at least a year ago. <laughs> So yeah, in the last yeah, few was, years, you know, how did you feel about that? I, I came onto the movie fast. The script existed already. And I, um, but from, and uh, one of the producers saw my short shot, the Shabbos boy, um, and asked me to pitch for this movie. And when I read the script, I was like, I, I have to be the one to make this movie. Like I, I, you know, and I, I come from being an executive and producing and I've read ton of scripts and but as soon as I read it I could see it and I related to it so much in in on multiple levels but in you know having a mom who was very open with me about it about sexuality and having positive experiences because of that and then you know um I, I legit did practice with my best guy friend, (laughs) Um, but I was, for me, it was more trying to figure out my sexuality because, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm 
I don't know, the labels are weird, but I'm more gay than straight by like a lot. Um, so, um, but, uh, but I wasn't sure, you know, cause I always had crushes on boys too. And, and I was trying to figure that out. And, and so anyways, and, and that, because of the trust between us, um, that was actually a really wonderful experience at the, the safety of that. Um, but there was a lot of humor in, in it as well. Um, and, and so, you know, that drew, drew me to it. But um, the main thing really is the way that it subverts what I grew up seeing in, in these movies. Um, because we, you know, it's, we had, we had a clip of um, 16 Candles in, in the movie where she's watching for research and uh, and the as she watches it, the line was, "Well, that's rape." And they were like, "We right. can't license that. Like, they won't license it to us if you call it rape." And I was like, "Well, then we shouldn't show it because I don't I don't want to show it without calling it what it is." Right. Because um, he sends, mm-hmm. you know, the guy that we're supposed to yeah. want her to end up with, like, sends right. her off blackout drunk with someone she doesn't know um, to for him to lose his virginity. It's it's like. And, and it's supposed was, to be heroic. Yeah. It's a heroic moment, which is right. Right. awkward. It, yeah, very, very awkward. So, um, you know, we've come a long way since then, but there are even, even in some of the more, more modern ones. The truth is, I never saw a movie that centered a woman's, a young woman's uh, exploration of her sexuality and centered like her, her experience and her pleasure and didn't shame her for wanting to have sex uh, didn't make, didn't shame any of the characters who haven't had sex. Um, it just kind of meets everyone where they are and, um, without, without judgment. Uh, and I think if we can put it out there into the world that like, it's all okay, it's whatever you are comfortable with and is healthy for you and respects the feelings of both people involved, then, you know, that that's a net positive for sure. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think we all picked up on those things and it's, uh, I think the movie's great and it's funny and the cat, the chemistry between the main actor, I mean, all the actors and the casting is fantastic. Um, and the three women who played them, I mean, those, those are incredible actresses. So (laughs) the whole thing is great, but then you, we all really touched on the fact that having grown up with such famous teen movies and even we saw animal house as kids even bringing that in and that our parents were very very loose liberal about the the movie watching rules um (laughs) but so you know but those movies also in that time weren't seen as misogynistic no No, not at all no exactly exactly which is wild to to us now having being able to bridge both worlds but then something that also struck me was um, how all the men in the movie, boys, men, teenagers, whatever, all the guys in the movie are very open and vulnerable and communicate their emotions. And I just think that that's a fantastic example. And yeah. you don't see that ever. So I know yes. I, 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 that, I loved that as well. It, it, it subverts the way we usually see the woman portrayed in a, in a teen sex comedy, but likewise for the guy, he's not like, he's the one who's like, I'm saving myself for, for love, for real love. And, um, and, and like, I know, I like, I grew up with guy friends that felt that way and I've never seen it portrayed in right. film. And right. so, you know, it's, 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 we're not making it up. Uh, these guys exist and, um, and it's 
great to in, encourage men to be like, that's another thing with raising my son. Like he's very good at expressing his feelings. Um, and, uh, and at naming his feelings, he can name his feelings. <laughs> name <laughs> <his> feelings. <laughs> and that's uh, a great, such a great bit, such a great bit throughout the movie. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, well, Tate, Tate, so the writer did a, did an amazing job with it as well. And, um, and then everyone, the cast really brought so much to it. And I'm glad you noticed their chemistry. They are actually a couple in real life now. So, oh, that is so <laughs> they did cute. have a lot of chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Even though adorable. we had to, we had to do chemistry reads over Zoom instead, normally oh, that, you would bring the actors together. That's to be so hard. Mm-hmm. It was that very strange. Really difficult. But uh, their chemistry was palpable even there. So it worked out. So on, but on your note of talking about shame, um, mm. it, it, you did equal for the female characters as you did for the males, Avery and Larson, you both remove that, those stigmas that we typically see in these teen comedies. And I, I just want to point that out and really appreciate that. It wasn't just that you allowed um, this, you know, this teenage girl to be dealing with sex and these issues and not you know, making her feel ashamed or embarrassed, but also allowing the male characters to, as Lily said, as you were talking about, um, express their feelings and their vulnerability and no one was there shaming them for it or telling them, no, that's not how we behave. So yeah. on both ends, it's, it's, up, really, yeah, it's really yeah. well balanced. Yeah, it's really okay. well balanced. It's really well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, sexism is done uh, a, a number on on both sexes it's not just it's not just women like I think that not allowing men to feel like they can express their feelings um, or or voice their emotions um, is a disservice to them too and 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 isn't uh, you know it isn't super healthy and then we wonder why you know like men are from Mars women are from Venus and what the disconnect is what we were raised very differently um, right. and and uh, but that's a whole other podcast conversation. But <laughs> yeah. uh, but the other thing I will say is, um, you know, we there's also a scene in which she has sex and stops um, yeah. respectfully really and important to know that like if you're in something and it's you're not feeling it, you don't have to just keep going. Um, you can, you can be, both people can be respectful and, and decide that this, this isn't, doesn't feel right and, and not have it turn into, you know, like, again, not a shaming type of situation, not that it's like the most comfortable situation, but, um, but I, I, uh, I wanted to make a point of that too. I think that that scene originally was like, he, he just comes really fast and doesn't care about how she feels. And I was like, that's, we've seen that a lot. And right. And I don't think this character has to be that guy. Um, and, you know, it's more interesting to me to see to see this other I, version. Of it. Well, it brings up the issue of consent and that consent right. is something that can be, it, it should be revisited throughout the entire encounter. And at that's a right. certain point, you can say, I'm, I don't want to keep doing this. And that's perfectly all right. And you're right, I'm not, I can't think of another example like that scene. And it's it's really exciting and refreshing to see that, even though it's a difficult moment for the characters. Uh yeah. it's a it's a really it's a really great example to and to be showing. I, I was telling Shai that what something that I thought was refreshing about the movie was that you don't have sort of like this boy male villain 
Yeah. Like the James Spader, who doesn't love James Spader, but James Spader and Pretty in Pink, this like the asshole. I mean, for the record, I have said since I was a kid, Andrew McCarthy is also the villain in that movie, but that's a separate But that's a separate separate (laughs) podcast. It's a very separate conversation. (laughs) It's a definite, but you get what I mean. Like the the villain, the boy villain who's egging everybody on or whatever. Or the mean Um, girls or or the mean, right. Mm -hmm. The mean girls. Um, And, and, when Shai was like, well, you know, her boyfriend's not great. And I was like, yeah, but he's not a villain. He might not be great and they might not actually be in love. But I said to Shai, what was so impactful to me was when they finally do have sex, he stops because he can tell she's not having a good time. And that was like, my mind was like blown watching that scene. And in the end that just, he's just like, he's an okay guy. He's not a bad guy. And she yeah. cannot be with him, not just because he's a dick, just because it's just because she doesn't want to be with him and it didn't need to go there. And it kind of shows yeah. just a different way that I think we can talk about all of this for kids that are going through this now. And I was, it, that scene really impacted me. Oh, I'm so I, I think it's great that you, you were able to like give us an example of how it was originally maybe thought of and how it was, you know, evolved into what we yeah. actually see in the movie. I, yeah. I'd love to talk a little, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, cause the lesson she needs to learn with him is not be with a guy who doesn't treat you bad. She knows that. Right. It's, it's that, you know, someone can be perfect on paper and you can do the math of why it should work. And then the chemistry can just not be there or the connection is not there. And that like love and relationships and good sex are not a thing you can just like manifest by like writing some kind of equation um and and that there's there's more to mechanics than that so that being the lesson that she needed to learn I felt like he he can just be like a good looking smart high achieving all the things she is her male counterpart um and then and no it chemistry. should work, but then there's just right. no chemistry. Yeah. By the way, spoilers. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> maybe maybe well, maybe that, listen to this podcast that, after uh, after you watch the movie. Uh, we are. We always for spoil things. everything. No one listens. <laughs> People just Don't avoid our episodes if they haven't seen it. So. They just wait <laughs> until they've seen it. We have a we have a nice week to promote that you act that, that, that like you were on the show. Every, so there's no excuses so, if you haven't seen this no movie. Excuse. There's no excuses, and that's why we're giving giving us some time. We'll be telling everybody. We already been telling everybody to watch it, but we'll be telling. So I, I love the ending. By the way, let's just talk about the ending for a minute. I think that ending is great. It is so much more guts, and it has so much more honesty and so much better modeling than so many other rom coms, because if you know, I've been friend zoned in my, mm-hmm. in my, you know, who hasn't, who hasn't. Yeah. Becky has like a long line of like very strange. All right. Things. All right. All right. All right. We don't <laughs> let's talk about Becky. <laughs> but Lillian, Lillian shy definitely spent a lot of time being friend zoned by crushes for sure. for sure. And I really love that they don't, end up together and that there are consequences for the way 
she behaves towards Larson, right? Like mm-hmm. there's consequences for that relationship. They, maybe, so, you know, I know people are wondering, oh, maybe they'll end up together again one day. Maybe they won't. Maybe they will. I'm, I always, I'm like maybe there's a together. sequel coming. I'm not saying they'll <laughs> never be together, but, but also it's a, good, it's a good consequence. Cool music girl seems really nice. She, she's not, you know, you don't spend a lot of time with her, but there's a reason why he likes her. She's not, She's just not, a pretty yeah, face. Un, she's not just some pretty girl or the little red-haired girl in Charlie Brown. There's Weird. something to her too. And I think that him being able to have agency and go, or or the character who is not the one with most of the control in the relationship, because whether it's the guy or the or or, or the woman, the, I love that he's it's okay for him to go out and explore that. And it's not sad. I don't find the ending sad. I found the ending very fair. Yeah. Well, now that I know that they're together in real life, I feel much better. <laughs> Yeah, I've gotten split feedback on it. But the thing is, is like, if, if you weren't, if you didn't, if you weren't rooting for them to end up together, then I didn't do my job. You are supposed to want them to end up together. (laughs) Exactly. Otherwise it doesn't mean anything when they don't. Um, But because, but the lesson she has to learn is like, you, you can't just, uh, you can't be so clinical about everything. People have feelings. You have to consider other you have to consider every everyone involved in in your in her experiments and her explorations and um and and you don't learn that you know she tries uh, a big romantic gesture from like the teen movies that she's seen but this is you know even though it is a movie for her it's her real life and that's not how it works you don't get to right. just like you know, do one romantic gesture and fix seven years right. of, of treating somebody like they're your, exactly. your pet. Um, and, and this is as much like Larson, Larson has a real arc in the movie too, to get to a place where he realizes his own worth and, mm. and has been, you know, heart, heartbroken too deeply to, um, to want to go there with her and, and just realize like, we love each other you're amazing. I'm amazing. And we don't fit like, like we're better as friends. And, uh, because he has needs that she's a long way off from, like, she might be on her journey to figuring out how to be great in a relationship, but she, he, she's not where he is. <laughs> so. Uh, one of the I, things. A, oh. I just want to do a quick, mm, just a quick Enough. note. It's a little sibling headbutting happening. <laughs> No, on the on the on the note, like one of the things that helps us understand that, um, and that I mean, in that it's it's a you want them to be together, but it's okay that they're not. That's better for each of their growths. Is the scene between Avery and the sex ed teacher, where mm-hmm. the sex ed teacher talks about um, she's so getting. Funny. She's like, good, you have she, one she's, rep in. She's the writer a, of the movie, correct? Is the sex ed teacher? N- no, not no. the sex no, no. ed teacher. Oh, not the sex ed teacher. No, no, the sex ed teacher is 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 the sex ed teacher is Artemis. It's Artemis, Artemis. Yeah. Sunny, who is amazing. She's, always sunny. she's just yeah. like, oh, she's so. Right. There, there are so many little things about this film where I was like, this is amazing. And when I saw Artemis early on in the film, yeah. I was like, yes, I love <laughs> you know, she's you know, so it's going to pay off. Brilliant. So that's there, a great. There were more scene scenes with her too that I wish uh, we kept in, but we we weren't able to. I will watch but the Artemis spinoff did. series. Yeah, you could just throw it. That's good. So good. I want to. I want us to steer. So I don't want us to talk to you and not ask you about some of the amazing creative filmmaking things that happened. Oh, great! Uh, Well, you because, like, aside from the fact that we've been talking about the innovative way the story is told and how this 
uh, challenges norms, it's also visually so cool. There's so many things where you, you're in a teen comedy, you know, the typical thing, and then boom, you're in this world of imagination that's also storytelling. Uh, I, 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 Becky, especially of, of the three of us, around... Becky is the one who spent the most time making films, me spending none, Becky spending you know, <laughs> uh, a, a lot of time. Beck, I feel like you would spending ask lots. smarter questions about how to make, about the filmmaking. Go for it. Well, the first thing I was wondering is when we, when, so we, instead of having sex scenes, you cut to these gorgeous fantasy scenes. Mm -hmm. So what I'm curious about is what was on the page to how that actually came into reality? What was the relationship, relationship like between yourself, the cinematographer, the production designer? How did you come to create those scenes? Yes. Um, so the script had, had that, um, the, the fantasies in them. They weren't, they weren't, what we shot, but um, the idea mm -hmm. of, uh, some of it was, the synchronized swimming was there, um, but there were like 14 different locations in that, like it was going through the eras and stuff, and we did not have the budget for that. So it was like, okay, how do we condense this into, you know, we can use the synchronized swimming location twice, because we can come back to it, um, and kind of bring it full circle as part of the finale. Um, and because that was a huge expense and it was like, okay, if we're going to do it, let's like really like do it as much as, you know, utilize it as much as we can. Um, and, and I love, I mean, I had a whole elaborate thing, like for the, like the way that I had storyboarded it, like she puts her head on the pillow in her room and then you feel water come up over her and then you pull out and suddenly she's in the pool. And we, we had to do a match cut because we couldn't like get the tub, like the tub to fill it up to really do pull off that stunt. We just didn't have the time on this movie with this budget to do it really the way that I wanted to, but I feel like we got, um, we got a pretty great version of it. Um, given, given what we, had to work with and um but yeah that was the main like in the beginning we we had a short prep period because we we needed to shoot within um a certain like uh like we needed to shoot february march and um and i came on in january so uh wow. then we were oh. <laughs> yeah wow. Um, so I worked on the script with Tate, um, and then I was hiring the key, uh, the, you know, the key positions like, um, my cinematographer and production designer and all that. And then three weeks before we started shooting, we got to meet each other in person in Syracuse and like, look at the locations and figure out how, how we were going to actually do it. So I had rough ideas of it. And then I sat with, um, you know, I sat with my DP and production designer and we were like, how do we pull this off? Like what? what do we need? Um, what can we build? And then, uh, you know, and just, I did like a vision board sort of for, um, of visuals that I loved and was drawn to and kind of a style that I wanted it to be. And there was, um, uh, like an archway, uh, that gave me the idea for the, for the vagina tunnel, as we call it. Um, and, <laughs> Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> so so good. good. That was so good. I mean, oh, just you. it's so. And Look, I got... the way he is in that that scene, his performance, he's great. It's so, he's funny. so funny. I have so... two daughters that are closer to needing to know about this stuff 
than not. And this is going to be on the absolute must list of things they have to watch. Because I feel like it's either in in teen movies, you know, uh, an awkward, not properly descriptive, you know, just sort of very unhelpful scene, or it's Mm -hmm. cut to after. Yeah. They don't show you anything. And so this was funny. It was aesthetically like really fun to watch. Uh, the production there and uh, the design and all that. And then on top of it, it was quite informative. I thought it was pretty. So this all came together so quickly. So you had to conceptualize it, board it, and then actually build all of these set pieces and have it come together within a matter of weeks. That's incredible. Yeah, it was, it was, it was intense. It's uh, probably the hardest thing I've ever done. I, I, it was nonstop and, um, and we, you know, just figuring out how, because there's five fantasy sequences in this movie. And normally, um, you know, it's like you shoot a certain number of pages a day in a normal script. Mm -hmm. If there's no fantasies, like you can kind of account for, you know, okay, I could probably get six pages a day, whatever it is. Um, But the fantasy sequences, like just the swimming took two days, one day above water, one day underwater. And that eats up you know, wow. time out of the, out of the schedule. And then all the other fantasies, like we had like one day originally to do it. And I was like, there's no way, like there's no way. And, um, and so, uh, and then we did a whole day just on the opening sequence of, of her walking forward while the world is moving backwards in reverse. Oh, yeah. that's, that's so that really, great. really that great. Is, yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you. So and again, I, there were constraints to it. Like I would have loved to have had more movement with the camera. We had choreographed to like, it turned out the day of that the, the machine uh, that you use to, to do motion control um, is it moved at half the speed that the one that we had been planning on moved. So then you have to re-choreograph everything and like you're doing it in reverse. You're having these, extras act out their actions in the reverse order from her and it's like it was a total like uh i i don't i i did you guys see the um this is a segue but did you guys see the uh blooper reel at the end yes yes i was was like Oh, I said, fuck, is this a fuck? Right. <laughs> I, I just had that moment. Don't where worry. I was this like, is a, as Lily, this Lily, is absolutely Lily drops a an fuck production. And every, I, I, okay, I'm going to call it that from now on a fuck production. A fuck production. This is <laughs> so I was going to say it was a mind fuck, but it was, um, but it worked out. And uh, yeah, so we just, then everything else was like rush, 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 because um, we were trying to fit it all into, into a short schedule. And then we, also, we're doing 10 hour days instead of 12 hour days because of COVID. Um, and so like yeah, we were doing this like in the middle of the Delta surge and had to test every other day, everybody. And we all wore, wore masks the whole time. Like it's not difficult enough to make a movie <laughs> fast with a budget. Yeah, constraints, yeah. But add a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, add a pandemic. It was, it was challenging, it. but it was also like so much fun. I, I like it's a dream to be like I have an idea for a vagina tunnel what can we make that look like and then like build it like have have people build it <laughs> based off of your idea it's like this is my job that's amazing <laughs> like I get to just dream something up and then someone's gonna like people are gonna support me and like figuring out how to make it happen um it, it was a, it was a dream I feel so grateful for for the opportunity Fantastic. So w- when we have our guests on and we love 
that and we, and we, and we love we love playing games with that the signature friday night movie games and right. so the, we're gonna we're gonna play i'm gonna play one today we're gonna play the one the one that most people come here to hear which is okay. buy rent or man we will present you with three things in a particular category you can assign one of those values by rent or man, which is the official rating system of this podcast. And it, it's rooted in the days of VHSs, right? If you really loved a movie, you'd spend $89 and own that copy of, in my case, Army, Army of Darkness. I don't know. Probably like $9, which felt like $89. Army oh, with of Darkness. Yeah. Yeah. This is the 90s. Uh, or you'd rent it. Um, and then meh. Med can kind of mean anything. You don't, med doesn't need to be negative. It can, you have to, sort of the way you deliver your med, you, you can explain it. So it's not okay. like there's, there's, there's a great one. There's a middle one. And then there's meh, which can be, and then you can reserve the, the, the bomb, which is bleh. That's for something. But bleh, really bleh only means bleh. bleh. There is bleh, no other interpretation. Yeah. Bleh comes around once in a while. It doesn't always get used. So we talked a lot about the ship. I only learned that word recently, by the way, in the last couple of years, but relationships. We talked about the ship. There are so many great teen rom-com ships. We picked a few from different eras, and we're going to put three in front of you and ask you to buy, rent, and meh. So you can make one a buy, one a rent, one a meh. So the first one, Simon and Bram in Love, Simon. The spoilers for Love, Simon, by the way, everyone. <laughs> and now you're, you're just ruining other movies, too. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Verona and Kate Stratford in 10 Things I Hate About You, which is definitely a Lillian Becky favorite. I think I... And, then, and it was oh, in yeah, Sex Appeal. Like, it was featured then, in Sex Appeal. And it was featured, but that's... Yeah, I really love that it was featured because that, when I was in middle school, I probably saw, I don't know, 50 times, 20 times. Yeah, I mean, that. And then one suggested by my daughter, because we recently watched the movie, Danny, was a great and, one. Danny and Sandy, Danny Zuko and Sandy Olsen in Greece. Sandy so, has a last name in Greece. I had to look it up. <laughs> she really doesn't. It's just, I've never, I've never heard it. And I was in the play. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, okay. So I have a soft spot for Greece because I, I played Rizzo um, at the, at, at the JCC theater nice um and uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna buy that also i had an acting teacher who played jan um so uh so who's the best um and then i would rent 10 things i hate about you i because that that one's up there for me too um and i'm actually attached to direct a movie that the writer of 10 things i hate about you is um wrote the is is developing and um yeah that's exciting and then um kiwi smith shout out and uh so i can't so i haven't seen much oh you should see it oh it's so it's really good so that's that's one of the few that is just like i haven't seen it yet (laughs) that's one um, of the few that a teen i think you know, I wouldn't say it's so much sex, but teen like rom-coms yeah. of the last decade that are pretty good. That and Becky introduced me to one that I also recommend, which is the half of it. That one oh, I yes. really oh, like too. Yeah, yeah. That and Love Simon, I feel like, and Sex Appeal would be like up there on the Amazing. on the really yeah, I will watch ones. it. Yeah, you'll like it. I think it's it's pretty beloved. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I think those that's that's I think those are the right answers. 
I respect those answers. They're always the right them. answers with whoever's here. <laughs> I mean, there's a few things you could have said wrong, but not in this one. You did great. <laughs> yeah, let's talk man. about let's talk about the Chavez Goy because I I started watching Sex Appeal, and mm-hmm. then I said, oh, I wonder who directed this. I saw your name, then I followed the IMDb, and I stopped watching it to go watch Chavez Goy. Oh, wow. Then, like the moment Shabbos Goy is over, sending it to Lily and Becky and to anyone, like everyone has to watch this. Everyone has to watch this. This is amazing. <laughs> and and the reason why, and we've been really fixated on this on the pod for the last few years is, um, is well, first of all, it's hilarious. And you do a great job, like, again, making sex funny, but not gross or hard to watch. You know, it's, it's really great. Um, but you blend the Jewishness of it into this uh, into this movie, and the Jewishness is hilarious and it's honest and it's true, but it is not the butt of the joke. And right. there are uh, there are so many Jewish filmmakers. I, you know, I'm not going to talk about non-Jews who represent Jews, but just Jewish filmmakers who I think they at a certain point they need to to make the Jewish part cringy right there's like a compensation and i didn't feel that in a minute of yours and there's some really wacky stuff that happens in it (laughs) yes what what's your what's your approach to to bringing jewish identity into a comedy yeah you know i think for me it's it's my approach with judaism as well like i I personally don't don't believe in in the Torah literally. I for me it's more metaphoric and um, and wonderful life lessons um, on on how to be a good person um, that I happen to inherit from generations um, before me and and cherish for, for that reason too. But I find that. You know, so I I don't struggle with my Jewish identity in the way that I think some other people do who 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 maybe didn't maybe grew up feeling culturally Jewish but not really understanding the or wanting to necessarily um, learn about like where the where all these roles in the religion like actually comes from like what the lessons are what the stories are. Um, but I studied it a, a lot growing up, and especially once I moved here uh, to LA, and I had very Christian roommates um, who started like quoting stuff to me, and then I was like, I don't, I'm pretty sure that's not what it says, and then I'd go back and like <laughs> talk to my rabbi from back home, and you know, have discussions, and um, so it's always been a big part of my life. I was also in a Jewish singing group called Visions. Um, and we like toured singing for different temples and, and festivals and stuff like that. And so, so, so it's always been like a big part of my life. Um, and then my bandmate in the Wellspring, Dove, is modern Orthodox. Um, so more, more observant than me. Um, and we toured, when we toured, he, he couldn't play on the Sabbath, um, on Shabbat. And so I, uh, we'd have to find a hotel really close to wherever we were playing right after sundown. Um, and he could like walk to the sound check, you know, but he couldn't play any instruments because he, he can't create, can't play. Um, but, you know, 
he uh, so I was the Shabbos Goy for him like I would test his guitar and like you know <laughs> I would do all the things that I, he could never ask me to because I'm actually Jewish um but uh but I understood like I know how it works right so um so I just thought you know we never see we never see the Orthodox community portrayed like Dove and his wife Aura are the most fun people and like have had like have had like hilarious experiences uh without me and and together and I was like people like are always so surprised when they meet them to find out that they're orthodox and I was like yes because the only version of that we've seen is either like Mel Brooks playing a rabbi um as like a total caricature or um or you know like uh what was that show unorthodox um, or any oh, of those shows right, where, where it's, it's like, like traumatic, traumatic, yeah. and very oppressive. And by the way, I, I think those, those pieces need to be made as well because there's legitimate sure. criticisms, to, <laughs> to, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I, there's a whole warmth to the Orthodox community and, um, and a humanity that we, we don't often see. So when I was, um, I, I was pitching for this. I, I did it as part of a incubator program for women filmmakers that um, this director and like comedy icon Paul Feig um, did through his um, production company, and uh, and we had to pitch um, a five minute comedy about a micro community in LA. And so they picked six short films, and so I, mine was either going to be like East Side Lesbians <laughs> or, <laughs> or 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 the Jewish community here. And, um, and it's, it's such a, you know, big part of, uh, LA's neighborhoods, you know, the Pico Robertson, the shuttle. And, uh, and I felt like it hadn't really been explored. Um, and so I I wanted to do that. And then it was just like, okay, what's the funniest thing that a Shabbos Goy could have to turn off? Um, amazing. (laughs) And I also just love the idea of bringing together these two people who would never normally interact, who are both minorities in different ways and uh and to to bring them together in the most awkward version of like a meet cute that you could have um when she extends her hand with the handkerchief i think is one of the most magnificent hilarious it's it's also so warm i just love the warmth in that scene and and i want to say i want to say thank you for that film it's been a weird year in particular as a Jewish person and with yeah. the, and, and, and Jewish pop culture. Um, and that film made me feel funny, right? It's about Orthodox women and a vibrator. It made me feel <laughs> less alone as a Jew in this world. And, oh, that's uh, so nice. yeah. and I think any Jewish person who sees that is going to feel that way. And, and for I that, like I that. really want to express some gratitude um to you for making that and 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 in general gratitude for you being here we're almost done and so (laughs) or the interview at least um well we can we can have an after party uh (laughs) we always end our show with what we call shout outs and recs so play on parks and recs but it is the things that we're watching or that we want people to watch and of course we want to give the platform to you either what's next what do you want to plug i will just go out of my way to say again Sex Appeal on Hulu. Everyone, mm-hmm. if you haven't watched it already, watch it. Watch it multiple times. Get those stream numbers. I watched, yeah, just I watched stream it in the background. 
And, oh, thank you guys for twice. And Shabbos Goy, um, I think just masterful and brilliant in anything that, uh, in the Wellspring, check out the Wellspring. And anything that Talia Osteen is going to make, you should watch. Now, Talia, what, what do you recommend? <laughs> now that I've covered <laughs> all yours. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. I mean, well, well, I'll say, I'll, I'll say, if you like it when you watch it, um, please uh, rate it on Rotten Tomatoes. If, if you didn't done. like it, don't worry. We have all it. done it. We have all done <laughs> yes. it. That's what I say about this podcast. I, I say, right, you give us five stars. If you don't yes. want to give us five stars, do not rate our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You're not welcome <laughs> to rate it. Only yeah, five star reviews. I am yeah. on the exactly. record with lots of rage at Rotten Tomatoes. I created an account specifically to rate your film five stars. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Same, that's so nice. Same, that's very kind. Oh my gosh, you guys. Yeah. That's so nice. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And, and I thought um, I was like so nice by writing like a cute review. And then Shy sends his review. And I'm like, oh my God, that's like something so that New York classic. Times would write. Jeez, you <laughs> just show me up. Oh, oldest child. That's a total oldest child. Total oldest child. I was like, what next? Your kid's going to clear the table? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what else can I recommend? Oh, um, I'm watching... Uh, so I, I have no involvement with it, but um, I'm watching Station Eleven right now. And I oh, I've heard it's really good. It's really That's fascinating. Good. Uh, Succession is uh, is a one that I'm obsessed with. We're big fans. We're um, we're big. Well, Lily and I are. Becky, yeah, me, Becky me. checked out after like two episodes. No, I'm gonna. I have committed to rewatching <laughs> it. I have a hard time watching. I have a hard time watching a show where I'm not rooting for someone. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. based on the first episode, I'm like, you they will, can all though. go down in that helicopter. But um, yeah, yeah. no, but they're all I horrible. Will, but you but, will. You, I think you slowly start. But I'm, I'm going to revisit it. It's on. Like it's somehow, on my despite them being horrible people, you're like you 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 shift really who who you end up kind of rooting for. It's 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 really well written and yeah. acted. Um, yeah, and I'm, you sometimes you somehow end up having empathy for these kids who are billionaires and and have everything at their finger and so obnoxious. But you then see the human side of, of, right. of them, uh, the vulnerable <laughs> sides. Um, but yeah, and then and then uh, honestly, I really love Sex Education. I actually had not seen it before we did the movie. And oh wow, want, did, it's one of my favorite shows. Um, I thought a lot about it. It's I think it's good that you didn't see it. Yeah, yeah that's that, you didn't see. I now think, yeah. that I've seen it, I'm glad I didn't because I I love it. It's so, I'm so good. I'm glad. I was wondering it's if so you were good, a fan. but it's very different from tonally. It's very different. Like right. it's not you know uh, hard. I cannot watch Sex Education with my kids in the next couple of years. I'll tell you. No, that. no, no. Sex I don't format. think, especially the way this last season starts. I don't this think last you can season ever watch literally that. Literally very the way the last, that first scene of the first. Yeah. I was watching it on a plane, and then I was like. Ah! Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But, but it's a great show. There's I think a lot sex, of I, Oh, and hacks. I, I mean, there's just a oh, lot hacks. Hacks. Yeah. Oh, I love hacks. Yeah. Hacks is so good. And Talia, where can people follow you? Um, follow you? No. Yes. No, no, no. Uh, where should yeah. they follow you? Because I'm sure they can follow you lots of places, but where do you want them to follow you? <laughs> um, right now, to I'm the grocery like, store. Just kidding. Posting. Yeah. That would be bad. <laughs> that would be awkward. Um, I am mostly posting on Instagram. Um, my handle there is at by Talia Osteen, B-Y Talia, T-A-L-I-A-O-S-T-E-E-N. 
Um, and I'm putting some like behind the scenes stuff and I'm just posting there for now. So that's a good place to follow me if you want to see what whatever comes next. Um, Cause got some, some stuff percolating. And then, um, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say to you guys, this is completely off topic, but I was listening to you guys rename like which Jewish actors you would put in, yes. in roles. Yes. And I just want you to put on your radar, they're dear friends of mine and I love them. Uh, you mentioned Milana, um, but also uh, Lisa Edelstein and Michaela oh. Watkins. Are you oh. kidding me? Oh, are you yeah. kidding? Yeah. They're dear Huge. friends of yours? Yeah. I yes. like Michaela Watkins to me is like, oh, Lisa Edelstein, seriously? Brilliant. Oh You're just obsessed buddies with, with those two. Obsessed with Michaela women. Watkins. I can't Michaela. believe that. I'm. Oh I can't believe that. And Lisa, we're huge too. fans of both. Yeah, of them. yeah. huge, yeah. huge fans of both. Sorry, not to, not to, no, they're not to pick great. one over the other. Just they're both great. yes. Oh, huge I, I wanted Michaela was going to be um, the sex ed teacher, but it ended up not working out scheduling wise. Um, but uh, she would have been great I too. Will. She would have been amazing. Yeah, been great. Uh, yeah. I'm going to work with both of them at some point. Everything she does is awesome. It's She's fantastic. so yeah. smart. I love her and everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking like I know her. I don't know her, but like she's like personally, but she's just. We've seen awesome. her. That's so stuff. cool that you mentioned them. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's where we can follow you, Becky. Where can people follow you? Uh, at Paper BK Princess on Twitter. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's it. <laughs> that's it. I mean, you, yeah, no, that's it. Lily, I mean, I don't really me? tweet, but you can follow me. So. <laughs> Tally, um, don't follow me. It's I will tell Be- if you tweet at Becky, <laughs> Tally, I pay attention. I will tell her to respond. Um, same. I'm also on Twitter, but um, it's, my handle is Chichi C H I C H I K Gomez G O M E Z. Yeah, you have Twitter. to explain this to Tally. But now I can. Tally, Tally has to say for the after show. She has to yeah, say for the after yeah, show to hear that explanation. That. It's Lily's childhood nickname She's and nickname. her husband's okay. last name. So it's my husband's my- last name <laughs> and my childhood nickname because everybody else had middle names in our family, but me. And I guess because of like our, I, I don't have one, but they do, Becky and Shai do. And yeah. so I felt left out as a kid. And I, I guess it's that Cuban influence. Um, I named myself Chichi, which in Spain means vagina. So it's- um, And my kids, my kids the call her Tia Chichi. And, my, and then, uh, yes, to troll me, Becky's children I call me Tia Chichi. wait Chichi. to visit you this summer. And they're screaming in the street. Tia, Tia, Tia vagina Chichi. in the street. So Well, you know, my brother's name is Yoni. And uh, I didn't realize that that also means vagina in uh, in a different language. Amazing. So wow. it, it's Johnny in in uh, in Hebrew, but right. which is yeah. you know it's amazing. Yeah, we all but, we all went to Jewish day school, so we know a so lot of Yonis. You know Yonis, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, now like when, in like meditation classes or like whatever, when, <laughs> when when people are talking about like. Oh, the yoni, the yoni. Yeah, the yoni. Yeah. There's, like, there's oh. a mom. There's a mom in our neighborhood that Amazing. is very active with yoni devices um, oh. on her on her Instagram yoni things. Um, very. Uh, she's always ex- updating people on the different uh, crystal uses of them. There so, you go. Eggs. All right. I just, I, not a, I might eggs, need it. I think you should stop talking about it. Chuck. I, stop talking <laughs> about I don't think this is a good time. No there's, so, there's no shame. We got so <laughs> close. It's a safe space. Not, safe look, I, I, you know, anyways, thank you. For <laughs> <that>. <laughs> On that note. I still do this show with my sisters, right? On your uh, yoni. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, um, 
Uh, you can follow me at Pancake and the number for table. That's Pancake for Table on Twitter and Instagram. All the Friday Night Movie shenanigans are at Friday Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram or FridayNightMoviePod.com where you can sign up for our newsletter that we promise not to send you very often. But we do have some awesome, cool merch coming uh, that we will give away through there. We have new shirts coming, and I'm very excited about them. And um, the uh, check our notes for the organizations that we are supporting right now. And uh, the theme music, which we'll kick in in post-production, is by What Does It Eat? A huge thank you to Talia Osteen, an incredible guest, a new member of the Friday Night Movie family. Sex Appeal on Hulu, Shabbos Goy on YouTube and other places. Follow her work. Uh, we're so grateful for you being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.